Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Two-Faced Fake Snakes. This is the podcast from the little-known Irish hip-hop actor lineup. I'm Professor T and with me, as always, is my co-host, Dr. Toomey. How are you doing this evening, Toomey? Not bad, Professor T. It's 9.09 on the 16th of November, 2018. How are you? Thank you for the update on the time and date, as oftentimes I forget both the time and the date, so that's both of those bases covered. Yes, I thought you might need a little refresh there just to kind of settle yourself and continue on with your life. Well, I'm settled and grounded, um, so thank you for that. Yes, I'm doing pretty well this evening, thanks. Uh, I'm just sitting here having a beer in Ashtown. Uh, how about yourself? Yeah, I'm having a beer here in Glenageary in my parental home, and I hope I won't be disturbed by my parents or brother who are here. And um, yeah, that's. I'm looking forward to getting into a good podcast. So in this episode, we're going to discuss what happened next. And what happened next really was a a series of kind of disjointed recording sessions with Dennis, some of which I wasn't even at, some of which were just solo tracks by you. uh, And really no kind of cohesion to any of the songs we recorded during that era. Um, We actually just this evening unearthed a CD of eight tracks that were recorded around 2007, 2008, 2009. And about four or five of those I don't even have any recollection of. I think you were the same. Yeah, it was a surprise to hear them tonight. I, I just couldn't, I didn't re- rec- remember any of them. Yes. Um, okay, anyway, right. We're going to uh, leave you with a little musical interlude and we'll be back in one minute. welcome back so in this episode we're going to launch straight in it's around 2007 we're after having recorded two albums with dennis we've done a couple of decent gigs and we didn't know what the hell we were doing um now we have talked about this ourselves in the past and a number of things in our lives changed around this time so uh let's just set the scene here so i was working with a load of um a load of friends and a lot of existing school friends and then new friends that I'd made uh, in Power City. So a good few of our, our mutual friends are working there and so was I. And we had a social group there. Uh, you had quite a decent social group in Trinity College. Uh, you were in a new relationship and we were basically poles apart in terms of our social lives. There was um, not too many meetups between all of our friends. Uh, when we saw each other, it was kind of every so often. Um, so you might say around this time we were kind of drifting apart a bit i think yeah our paths as sort of people who used to hang around every week um and every day in school at lunchtime um was was drifting apart and i think it was with different friends different social circles and i think different types of activities that we would do when we socialized so so i was probably drifting away from the the heavy drinking and kind of bondi beach <laughs> buzz and you were fully embracing that you'd fi- found your second wind i think oh, i was absolutely in the throes of uh, my heavy drinking phase and uh going to club 92 bondi beach with the power city crew and uh 
and anyone who was up up for it really to be honest um yeah so that was kind of that was during an era where we didn't really see each other very often and um so that's one of the one of the things that um had a, had an effect on how little we produced during that time how little music we produced during that time yeah because like if you're not seeing each other just naturally if you're not bumping into each other it's hard to to like then arrange to go and record like if you're only seeing each other then suddenly once every two weeks or once every three weeks um or then, less then often you, than that even i'd say yeah and then when you do meet up you you're probably not going to say okay let's just go and record music you'd probably be like let's go out for a pint or the or, or let's do something else yeah exactly yeah um and then also right so dennis as we said used to live on chatham row which was right in the city center in dublin and it was an excellent location because it was uh it was central to everybody um so we were based in town in college and it was easy for us to get to dennis's apartment then he went and moved to east wall uh, which as far as i was concerned back in 2007 might as well have been the furthest away place in the world because it was somewhere i'd never been before and didn't particularly like going to either we yeah i think we were we were spoiled with chatham row right just beside st stephen's green uh just a lovely location the image i have in my head is that it was always sunshine and we just stumble in there after college on a friday whereas east wall i believe there was two buses involved at one point well, yeah, so, so we'd have to get a bus to town. And uh, I think then we got the 53 from town. And it's funny because uh, I actually work in that area now. And I, and I walk by Dennis's old apartment in Caledon Court uh, every single day after getting off the train. So it's, it's sort of strangely um, apt that we're recording this podcast now. And I've recently moved to Eastwall and I walk by his old apartment every single day. And the area doesn't seem as dark or dreary or intimidating as it used to back then. But back in 2007, it seemed like the dullest, most gloomy, rainy, dark suburb of Dublin that I'd ever been in in my entire life. I remember being particularly demotivated when he moved there because I didn't I didn't like going there and I I wasn't really up for it um, and I, I remember even a couple of times making excuses not to go um, and that that's kind of the situation we were in like I wasn't really arsed and you had more motivation than I did um, and this resulted in you going a number of times and recording songs on your own. Um, we even we even unearthed one of the songs on that mystery CD we found there, where you had left space on a beat for me to record my own verse, and I certainly never recorded a verse for that song because hearing it there, it was completely unrecognizable to me. Here we go. Here I go. Nobody really likes clubs. Let's be honest. You go in locked and generally act the bollocks. Let's be honest and get a few things straight. I'm not disputing that boozing isn't great on a level or two. We're all revelers who don't give a fuck about our liver or immune systems engines raring to go the pre-drinking was great but where will we go next i don't know and i don't even care because all the clubs are the same and i've already been there done that paid that entrance fee i thought all the girls were looking at me but i was standing in front of a really big mirror they weren't looking at me they were looking in the mirror 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 on the wall who is the prettiest of them all it's me it's me, it's not you, it's me, it's me, it's me, it's me, it's me, mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the prettiest of them all, it's me, not you, it's me, not you, never, I'm the prettiest and the most clever. Hmm, I think there was like, I'd sort of kept maybe more of a motivation to keep going with the recording, uh, it was 
probably more slightly more disciplined about it than you were at that time and also I was enjoying it more because I had a better relationship with Dennis and he was complimenting me a lot more than he did you at this time there was a sort of a festering division between you and Dennis that was growing with each recording session that we did yes so let, let's discuss that for a bit. Okay, so we mentioned that in the, in the, in the past couple of episodes, but um, it's worth developing uh, a little more because this is um, towards the end of our relationship with Dennis, really. And what kept happening was on the times where we did go over to record, he kept pushing me more towards doing a singing chorus and he kept pushing me away from writing rap lyrics. And the more he pushed me away from writing rap lyrics and the more he pushed me towards a singing chorus, I lost my confidence in my ability to write rap and to actually record rap and then because there was so much of a focus on me singing i lost my confidence in my ability to sing as well uh, and at that point i just i i actually had no confidence left at all and i ended up underperforming on both the rapping and singing fronts to the point where it was just all rubbish <laughs> well I think if you look at the the experience he sort of or the role he provided there, he became almost like a critical parent who doesn't believe in you. Like so. Yes. And he was telling me as well, oh, to me, you do the rapping and and trainer will do the singing." And he said it to both of us as well a few times. But he was co- consistently giving you the message that he didn't rate you as a rapper. Yes, which exactly. Is a terrible message to give someone that you're working with or making music with. Well, like as as previously discussed, uh, when he re- uh, when he routinely got me to do extra takes when we were recording, that could sometimes bring out the best of me. But when he was kind of um, when he was showing a lack of confidence in me in the first place before we'd even started recording, that really, really did affect me in a negative way. And I don't think I ever really recovered from that with Dennis. Hmm. And I think you summed it up in one of the previous episodes really well that like he was telling you all the time to give it more energy and but certain words and lyrics you you wanted to say them in a sort of calm way or a different way or a way with inflection and he just wasn't picking up on that. So that for me summed up what a different page he was on than you in terms of the way you wrote music and the lack of insight he had into what you were talking about in your songs. Pretty much, yes. So it came um that led up to that fateful day as i later would write in a song um but uh yes yeah, so we were going back and forth to dennis's uh new apartment actually we should mention probably a few of the songs that we did or you mainly did uh, when we were going over there because there were some diamonds in the rough um during that era so one of those was actually the song frank grimes which i've always been a fan of uh you did a verse and i never did anything for it i think you actually did two verses yeah, but it was really good. It was about being frustrated in your job and not having any clear direction in your career. And these themes would come up again and again over the next few years for us, actually, because when we ran out of stuff to write about being juvenile delinquents and all going out on the piss, uh, the only other thing that was right in front of us was the prospect of having to have a career now for the rest of your life. So I think this was probably the start of the career-based songs that we would write many of over the next few years. Yeah, and I think we we lost a lot of energy, that energy of youth and that that buzz we were on. And the songs became more dreary and kind of, yeah, just depressing. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm going to play a bit of Frank Grimes here because there are excellent lyrics in it. And I've always really... Frank Grimes. We're all going to turn into him. It was just at the Simpsons movie. Give it three out of five. 
the last two marks. The fact that there hasn't been a good Simpsons episode in five years. Excel spreadsheets, it's all ahead of you Letterheads and word, looking like a nerd in your shirt and tie Photocopying, everybody's clocking in, flexi time Does it really make it better? Is it really getting wetter? Are you moaning about the weather? Or could it be a case of shit job by this Which snobs designed this world that defines us Coffee machines, staring at a screen all day Sitting on your ass, watching time pass away Away, it's passing away Am I being cynical, the pinnacle of life? Seems to be a cussy job, 9 to 5, nice wife Well off, well paid, worry about your weight L plates, Bill Gates, United States, world trade Profit made, losses aids, public bank holidays This is what we live for, or so it seems The so inner take voice me screams, back don't the give up on your dreams days, and do you The listen? soulful days, on the road we play But do you listen? Games not knowing how lucky we were Walking past the present, I stop and stare So take me back to the golden days Soulful days. Okay, so that was Frank Grimes there. Um, and yeah, like, I mean, I have the list of names of the next few songs that we did written down. One of them was called Bill Cullen. We started naming songs after people around this era. I think it was due to complete laziness. But uh, no, no, we had decided we were going to, to make an entire album with first and last names. So it's someone's name, sorry, as, as the title of each track. Okay. That was going to be the the third album. It's going to be some sort of concept album. That makes more sense now because I'm looking at this CD that I found, as we just discussed, and uh, all of the tracks are named after famous people. So uh, we have a song on here called Tipper Gore. Uh, We have one called Bill Cullen. We've got one called uh, Frank Grimes, Joe Duffy, John Travolta, Paul McGrath. (laughs) 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 And then other ones that we actually didn't give any names to, so... Um, the inspiration wasn't particularly high. The quality wasn't particularly high, um, and a lot of songs didn't get re- finished. Yeah, <laughs> so we, if you look, we, Bill Cullen, for example, has a, a gap at the chorus. Yeah, that we didn't we, ever complete. We just left things unfinished. Moved on to the next thing, and it, it was such a disjointed era that you might record a verse or two on a song, and then you'd leave it a few months, and then the next time you met up, you'd just start from scratch with something completely different. Um, was None of the songs of, were, were giving us the same buzz as before. No, and it was kind of wasteful as well because there were good parts to those songs and there were good lyrics in some of them. There were good, good entire verses in some cases, but they just ended up getting wasted and nothing. There was no, to them there either. was no momentum because you knew, you knew if if you recorded a song, you'd you'd record whatever you got done that day. But then we just probably wouldn't naturally see each other in our sort of separate social circles. We wouldn't see each other for three or four weeks, and. By that time came around, it'd be just sort of a hassle to to arrange to go out to East Wall on the two buses. And as mentioned previously as well, um, we didn't uh, ever get the songs from Dennis anyway, because he used to like to keep them hostage like all producers did. So it sometimes would be weeks before you'd even get a version of the song that you uh, you had recorded. And I must say his his level of... I think he was going through a bit of stress himself at the time, because his mood in general like changed a lot. Yeah, he was, he was under a lot of stress with his work. He he became more snappy. He was very he snappy, was very cranky, very cranky, giving out, being sort of aggressive to us. Yeah, like he like he was kind of when we first met him. I thought he was kind of like he'd be direct with you, but he was kind of like there was a bit of he could have a bit of a laugh, a bit of fun with him from time to time. Yeah, but but during this time in Eastwall, there was more of an edge to him. Like yeah. he could snap. Uh, he was probably going through some. He was he was thinking of moving back to China. He wasn't sure. He didn't have a lot of money. Uh, there was things going on in his life. Um, he was highly critical of you. Yeah. He was critical of me. And one thing I remember about that time is just 
lending him my mixing decks. Oh, Jesus, And then yeah. him not giving them back to me. You eventually got them back after... After going to his house like two or three times. It's not really a big story, so we might as well just leave it in there. Um, of course, you'd been burned before when you lent <coughs> Billy Metal Gear Solid 2. <laughs> and you never got that back. Yeah. Billy was a, a man in his 60s who took me under his wing during a work placement in a bank. Um, yeah, yeah that's, that's about enough. That's all they need to know about that. <laughs> He's a big fan of the Avengers. Oh, okay. Very good. Mm. Um, right, so... The original Avengers. Uh, yeah, so Dennis Era was... It was it was coming to a shitty end. Uh, <laughs> it was going a out shitty, with, dreary, depressing, critical end. Going out with a whimper rather than a bang. Uh, and we were recording one of these songs, um, one of these songs that wasn't particularly good, probably one day over in Dennis's house. And you he know, basically started... Go on. Sorry, can I just stop you there? Um... I think at this point we knew he'd be leaving soon. And I think this was going to be one of our last songs. That we okay, were yeah. Th- that sounds familiar, all right, yeah. Um, he had made the decision. Because he went back to China shortly after this, actually, didn't he? And he, mm. we never got the bloody song in the end. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we were over recording one of these songs. that wasn't particularly inspiring. And uh, I, I was recording a verse, or I was recording my verse, and... I can't remember exactly what the argument was, but there was some kind of argument or some kind of conflict between me and Dennis. And I remember saying to him, he played it back, and I remember saying, normal human beings don't notice things like that. So he was picking, (laughs) particularly picking on one particular aspect of the song and saying that I had to redo it or I had to change it or I couldn't do it like that. And I said, normal human beings don't notice things like that, as in only people like you notice things like that. And by... By uh, definition, I was saying that he wasn't a normal human being, and uh, there was no going back from there. Like that—that—that that, that was the end of it, basically. After that point, it he turned re- out to a shouting thing. I can't remember what you said to each other, but it sort of escalated a bit. Yeah, we had an argument. Uh, so he was telling me that I was always really confrontational and aggressive, and that uh, he was kind of sick of it. And I was—I told him that I was completely sick of him as well, and that it was very difficult sometimes to know what he wanted, and sometimes his expectations were far too high or were different to what I had in my own head. And basically, we were just completely at odds with each other at that point. And I don't think yeah. there was any way back from it. Uh, it was a build-up. Like it wasn't just one like fight that people would just people normally have. It was there was. You both meant what you were saying to each other. Yeah, could tell. And it had been brewing for a while as well. Yeah, it was yeah. pretty like you both knew that you didn't like each other, and that was the the like the real unmasking of that. And there was no way back. And he slammed the door in our faces. I remember that because I remember being with you afterwards. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, happened. And there? I remember we went and got a pizza somewhere, and we got a couple of pints and discussed it. Um, yeah, yeah, but that was that was basically the end of the Dennis era. I never saw yeah. him again after that. I think you yeah, might have he, seen him again once or twice. I, I saw him the next week to collect my mix index. Okay. Which I had to come back to his house on two separate occasions to get. Like, it, it was a huge, just a personality clash between you and him and an explosion between you on that night. And Yeah, well, it was never going to last anyway. Like, it was, it was heading that way. It was heading in that direction. And uh, I think we'd all kind of, I won't say outgrown each other, because we certainly could have produced some good music had we all been on the same page. But I think our relationship with one another had reached its limit. Uh, and we, we didn't have the same vision. We didn't have the same mindset about anything. Um, and he didn't really have much use for us anymore, I don't think. When, the, when we were recording the first album, he was like doing some music production thing in college. And 
he was getting a lot out of those sessions um, and we were also getting a lot out of them i don't know how much he was getting out of the sessions uh, in later years i don't think he was getting that much out of them at all i don't think he was satisfied with what we were producing our our humor and our lyrics um i don't think any of us were happy with the the songs that w- the music that we were like the actual music that we were creating for the first time it was just the sound the songs sounded shitter well they did because it was a uh three people who couldn't really play instruments or whatever and didn't have too much music produce, producing skills, two of us anyway, uh, trying to make beats for the first time. And yeah, it was a lot of trial and error. And and if you compare it to Snakes and Ladders, which was recorded in roughly a month, like you'd go in, you'd record three songs in the one session in an afternoon and you'd have you'd be laughing the whole time. I know he we, we'd criticise and we'd do retakes. He'd, he'd criticise and we'd do loads of retakes and stuff. But the, the like, the... Re- the memory of that is the fun, the energy, the laughing, like just saying whatever you wanted on the microphone and coming out of it with, with a high quality song. Yeah, it was night and day, really, the two eras, if you compare them together. Um, yeah, so that was the end of that. Mixing decks collected and then we never saw them again. We didn't have anything to fall back on uh, in terms of mu- musically. No, we, we had absolutely nothing and really nothing happened for a very long time after that point. Um yeah, I'd say that was around 2008 when we fell out with him. Um, and then I don't think anything happened at all in 2009, really, whatsoever, except until except the very, very end of the year when we met another producer uh, called Michael Dowd. Yeah, and I suppose just before we go into that, just to talk about that year, I think what happened in that year, apart from each other in terms of music, is that the, we continued to live separate social lives even probably even more because we didn't even have the lineup to bring us together no yes that's very true we didn't have the lineup to bring us together uh we were living our separate lives as discussed earlier and uh yeah and the one thing that would make us see each other even when there was nothing else was the lineup and then when we didn't have that it was like it was very little a, a big block in our friendship was the lineup the, sh- the shared experience we had, the excitement we had, the absurd situations we get it ourselves into. When you take, it's just, that's gone. And then you, you look at our friendship in that time and you're thinking, well, what else do we do? Because I, I'd gone off drinking a bit. You had a, you, you were gone the opposite direction, as I said. And you're thinking, we like different types of music. Um, You were living the, the kind of the single life and I was in a relationship as well. And, it was just a huge contrast in what we were doing. And I think when we did meet up, it was in groups of people. Like, we never met up on our own. No, we probably didn't meet up on our own. We would have met up for things like poker or uh, lads events or whatever, things like that. Um, but yeah, like we didn't really we didn't really meet up that much around that period of time at all. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's all a bit dreary, yeah, isn't it? it? Is. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. period of time, it is pretty dreary. Yeah, but I think we should go into this now because um, we've plenty of time left in this episode. So re- this kind of led us into the next era of the lineup, and this one was a much more positive experience. Um, and it didn't end on such a horrible, bitter note either. Um, and we had a, quite a good time uh, during this period of time. And this was, of course, when we met Michael Dowd, or the dude, or as you used to think his name was. Michael Doodley, but that of course wasn't his name, um, <laughs> and that's actually why he started. And I think you told me a few times, yeah, and I just ignored it yeah. because it was in my head that his name was Doodley, and so I just kept. There's no such name as Doodley either, as well. 
But for me, the, the nickname, The Dude, only made sense if he was called Michael Doodley. Yeah, so you nicknamed him after his name, which was Michael Doodley, even though it wasn't his name. And then you nicknamed him. <laughs> My inaccurate knowledge of his name led to his nickname. Yes, and the, the nickname stayed, because this is definitely known as The Dude Era. Um, the Dude Era. Yeah. Okay, so I, I can't remember exactly how we met this lad. It, it was true. He was... Tr- he was he, he was a friend of a Trinity friend of mine. That's what I was going to say. It was true, true Trinity friend. connection. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, and he lived in Dunleary, so this was this was great, really. Much closer to home. Yeah, much closer to home. Easy to get down to, and yeah, this was a much. So after that year, that gap of not doing anything and doing separate stuff, this brought us. This gave us another shot at the lineup. It did certainly did. Um, so let's just give people a bit of a background here. So it was around the end of two thousand and nine. Uh, and as was the custom with these things, you went up on your own f- the first time and you did a track um, in the dude's uh, house, which was a really nice house, actually, um, on th- that faced out onto the Dunleary Pier, uh, one of those old Georgian houses. And he had his own bedroom that set up as a studio. And he had quite a decent setup, um, almost rivaling Dennis's setup, actually, for quality of recording equipment and like microphone stands and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he, he had, he wasn't as up to speed as as Dennis, but he knew what he was doing. He he didn't have as good a microphone, not quite. But one thing he did was that he created his own music to a high standard. Yes, he wrote his own music. He could play guitar, he could play other instruments, and he could produce beats on uh, beat producing software that sounded really good and quite commercial as well sounding. And I think crucially, he was a very laid back character, really nice guy that you would go to and you'd have the chats with in his house and he'd put you at ease. There was no pressure. There was no criticism. In fact, we were probably more perfectionistic than he was. He was happy with one take. (laughs) And in fact, actually, there's probably too little criticism. He he didn't in any way think he was qualified to criticize us, whereas Dennis would criticize something that we had just thought was our best ever take. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> you'd like you do your best ever verse that you've ever done, and Dennis would criticize it to the nth degree. Whereas the dude would never say any bad word against you whatsoever. Yeah, and he'd be really positive about it. Yeah, but uh, so the first song uh, that you did with him was something that I think we later titled "Go with the Flow," but it was just one of those kind of introductory to me goes to meet the new producer and do a song with the new producer type of tracks. And I'm just going to play a bit of it now because it's actually not too bad. Welcome, January 2010. Come on, fucking new decade. Three lonely men in a room recording raps. Three middle class boys from South County Dublin just trying to be themselves. I try to be someone else. And it goes a little something. I like this. Oh. I can't remember my verse. Hold on. Remember for a second. Hello. I'm here to introduce Mr. Connell Toomey. A wonderful troubadour I've come across recently. I hope you'll enjoy his little output tonight. I think I shall anyway. Yes. Some drink, some pink, something is missing When you walk down an alleyway seeing men pissing But here listen, it's the system, it's our culture, who we are Ignorant and obnoxious is who we are It's the quack, it's almighty like Bruce or Evan Get tanked up, let loose around 11 or 12 Raise hell and reach for heaven as well Feeling dizzy, druids can't cast a spell As strong as a bow, is it wrong that we know That we're gonna act the bollocks tonight? Hell no! It's the crack, it's the lockness JD on the rocks is my poison, noisy 
Smoking smoking areas, Bavaria is nicer than Dutch cold when I clutch the cold pan Stories unfold and are told the morning after With giggles and laughter Jesus man, last night you were plastered You were plastered You were plastered, you bastard Last night you were plastered Rolls around Dublin with the friends in tow Taking it easy with the people in the know But people in the know don't know where to go Cause they have nowhere to go So we just go with the flow And we're buzzing around Dublin with the friends in tow Taking it easy with the people in the know But the people in the know don't know where to go Cause there's nowhere to go So we just go with the flow Well, thank you, I like how you the player Verse 2 It's straight to the bar Line up the shots, turn around Yeah, so that was the song that ended up being called Go With The Flow We never did anything with that song other than you recording it It was We never performed it or anything But I always liked it uh, It was one of those off the cuff I'd say you wrote the verse when you got down there You can tell you're having a, a good time on the song um, so yeah that was that was pretty good but that, that kind of set the scene for how we would approach songs with the dude um, later on yeah it was an introductory it was just it was just a bit of a laugh like there was I think Sam Tierney was there and maybe Ben from college there was a couple of us there just having a laugh in an afternoon and it was just a bit of fun and then so that was around late 2009 then early 2010 it was actually January 2010 was the first time I went up to uh, the dude's gaff and we recorded if I'm not mistaken uh the it was either the song well i think it was actually the song that's a rap which was a retake of make it happen where we used the dilated people's beat worst comes to worst and we did an updated version of that song for 2010 um and we changed did we change our verses i think we might have changed our verses to a degree yeah we changed our verses we came up with new verses but the the theme of it was similar in a way actually yeah so i started off with the same four bars and then i went into a a a different kind of verse after that yeah um so that was kind of that was okay um i always kind of felt a bit cringy listening to the chorus of that song because i think the the verses were really strong but the chorus kind of just made me wince a little bit i'm just going to play a clip of that now here The chances of making it in this business are minimal The number of act to amount to nothing is criminal Oh shit, I forgot, it's not 2004 But here we still are, we're still looking for more We're still looking for more of the glory and fame Of rapping in bedrooms and hey, we're not ashamed Of the fact that we rap, the fact we make tracks That no one ever hears, in fact it helps me relax To record these thoughts and listen to them back Today I took my way through 50 pages of rap And it rolled back the years, the laughter and the fears The jeers and the cheers and the hundreds of beers in my life I've been many people to my peers And this whole rap thing was never about a career Just to maybe escape from the daily grind of life And have a fucking good time That's a rap Have you got a problem with that? I don't care Cause you're just a copycat I'm a rapper Is that so hard to believe? You're slipping on the tricks that I've got up my sleeve That's a rap have you got a problem with that? I don't care Cause you're just a copycat I'm a rapper Is that so hard to believe? You're slipping on the tricks that I've got up my sleeve I am me Simple as that When I rap these tracks I don't try to be black I don't try to be jack So yeah, the bit copycat I, I never felt quite comfortable Listening to myself <laughs> saying the word copycat on, on a song The word copycat Because well, that's kind of a, a, a word A word that nobody has ever used Infants use it in, in Junior infants, senior <laughs> infants uh, When you copy somebody's homework or something like that That's that's when you would use that The only instance you'd use it is, is if it rhymed with the 
previous line in your rap song. That's yeah, if, if it rhymed with something like that, that, for example, then that's when you'd use it. Um, <laughs> and it wasn't bad. There was nice energy in the song, but uh, yeah, it wasn't. Um, it was a middle, middle of the road. Middle song. of the road, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we, so we did some decent songs with the dude. Uh, okay, um, so uh, there's other other good songs from that era as well. We we did a, a new version of the song "Drink Ballad," although I don't know if it's noteworthy enough to play a clip from. But um, we were kind of doing that a bit with these songs. We are updating songs we recorded back a few years ago, so we did it with "Make It Happen." Uh, we did a new version of "Drink Ballad," um, just kind of updated references for 2010 if you will um what else did we do we did um we did the facebook song uh, social network kings um which was actually over the years in recent years it was quite enjoyable to perform live at a few gigs um yeah, but it was kind of that catchy kind of Facebook thing along. takes up a lot along. of my time I spend an eternity searching online I sit and stare blankly at a screen Staring at the laptop screen I go blind Pages and pages, this shit is contagious It's fucking outrageous, I'm staring at pages Of people I've never even met in real life If I see them on the street, I have to think twice How do I know you? Do I recognise you? If I say hello to you, will that surprise you? I've looked at your photos, I fucking despise you Change your privacy settings, I advise you I make myself sick with all of this creeping Sneaking and hiding and looking and peeping a nation of perverts, none of us sleeping Face down in the pillow, lie crying and weeping I'm social networking Like a social networking 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 We move on to the probably the two of the better songs we've ever recorded And these were songs from uh, the dude himself so he had written the guitar music and in some cases the lyrics to these songs and they were actual kind of singer songwriter acoustic tracks that he had written himself for his own use um but then we ended up stripping them of the lyrics from the verses and keeping the choruses and creating our own songs where we wrapped chorus or we wrapped verses to them kept his original written uh, singing chorus and made it constructed a new song basically out of the shell of previous stuff that he'd written. Yeah, and this was when we knew there was a chance for the lineup to come back because those other songs we mentioned were just sort of like feeding our way into it, and some of them were good, some of them were less good, and sometimes we weren't on the same page, but it all came together. I think we recorded Re- Reality Check first. Yeah, Reality Check was definitely first. And that was a song that the dude had kicking around. Um, So we had written lyrics to... So he gave us this beat. He stripped out the verses, he stripped out the chorus. And it was basically guitar music and a drum beat for a song that he had written. But he stripped everything out of it. He stripped all the vocals out of it. And I had written some cheesy uh, chorus that was, to be honest, absolute rubbish. um, To go along with these pretty decent verses that both of us had about growing older and facing up to your responsibilities but also kind of feeling young at the same time and wondering what life is all about and uh this is some of the most profound stuff we'd actually ever written and it wasn't it wasn't dreary like the job related stuff and it wasn't juvenile like the pissing on people's heads related stuff it was like where we should have been at i suppose for that point in our lives it was authentic to where we were and exactly you're right it was profound lyrics lyrics that meant something to us and we could tell the music suited us and the chorus we eventually came up with I maybe you'll go into that but 
when we got that course, I think we knew that this is a good. Yeah, song. but that so that so I came up with a course that was absolute rubbish, and then the dude said, "How about we use the original chorus from the song?" And that was the "Where do we go from here?" That was already part of his song, but what we did was we changed the lyrics slightly. Uh, so his his lyrics were originally, "Must I be drunk just to feel?" He was talking about being on a night out and having to drink to feel himself. That was what his original song was about. Whereas ours was kind of about growing older, uh, going into your mid-twenties, wondering what lay ahead of you, not really feeling young or feeling old, but being somewhere in between. And uh, so we changed the lyrics to be, must I be young just to feel? And it kind of it flipped the song completely. Like it's just that little tweak changed the chorus completely. And then I actually ended up singing the chorus and we re-recorded the chorus from scratch and I multi-tracked my vocals uh, quite a lot. And then the dude actually sang on one of the tracks as well. Yeah, um, so uh, and the multi-tracking, the singing of the chorus was in lots of different, what's the word, pitches? Is that is that the right word? Like different, uh, well, I, different I kind of chords? I sang it in, in, I, well, no. Uh, so I sang it in different keys uh, for one no, 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 it was, it was all in the same key. <laughs> it <laughs> would have word? sounded awful. <laughs> no, so I just sang it in different styles, you might say. So I sang, <laughs> nice generic I sang word there, styles. <laughs> well, I sang a clean vocal. I sang a kind of rough vocal. Uh, I sang like a lower register. I sang in a higher register. And uh, we kind of got a nice uh, combination of all of those and into one gang style chorus. Yeah, and then the really dude well. recorded a couple of tracks on it. And then I, I got I got on there one. for one track. It was like a token track at the end because I felt left out. <laughs> I didn't realize you were actually on it as well. Um, you can barely. The, the dude was on it once as well, so you and the dude must be on it once each, and then I was on it a few times. And it, it sounds really, really nice. So we're just gonna play that. Uh, will we play the whole song? Yeah. downs smiles and frowns we're supposed to be grown up now but we're not we don't stop when the cradle rocks i falls off the top of the tabletop i'm not able to stop stop and stare for too long i'm too strong to go back there i like drinking and talking shite and walking with the devil in the pale moonlight and looking disheveled as the day gets bright i thought i'd be a rebel but i hate to fight when it's late at night and the stars are there i look up to the skies and the stars and stare and think about the world who we are is there a god i don't know but we'll always care about the highs and lows and i suppose that lies exposed that cycles chose by the highest joes and the nicest clothes suffice to know that they're quite the pros so i'd like to propose a toast to these foes Kings of the globe that we like to dethrone Yeah Where do we go from here Take me somewhere near I'm not going home just yet Is this as good as it gets I'm looking for something November's child born in 85 Never felt so old before or so alive Never did get told just how to survive In the big bad world But now I've arrived 24 years old but I still feel 18 It's a brand new act and a brand new scene And while the roles have changed The parts all seem familiar to me Straight from the silver screen And while my face it ages through the different stages My life seems like it's in ghost written pages While I break through the bars of emotional cages I have a breakthrough and start to feel contagious I wanna break the mold and take control of my life 
I stopped selling my soul for a price Not worth its weight in gold would be nice To listen to my own advice To listen to my own advice To listen to my own advice And stop selling my soul for a price Yeah Where do we go from here Take me a song Okay, so that was Reality Check, um, and still to this day, if we do a gig, we make sure we definitely play that song. It's my favourite song we've ever done. Um, well, maybe second or level with Father Time that we did recently. Um, and it was, our, yeah, it, it was completely our own original music. That's really important, I think, that the music we had made up until that point from those two first albums were other people's beats. This was Yes, well, it was a collaboration, but yeah, it was the three of us together. That we we compile we composed yeah. that song together. Yeah, we that, individually that's what I mean. composed yeah, parts of it. Three of yeah. us. It was original. But it, it was a completely original track. It, absolutely, yeah. And it's uh, it stands out to this day as, as probably our, our best, if not our joint best song that we've ever done. Um, and then in a similar vein, we did another song of the dudes uh, that he had kicking around, and the chorus was, "This is not the end, my friend. Can we start again?" Um, so we both wrote verses about. The concept of starting again, uh, although we both took a different angle. Yeah, um, I think we was. Did he have the chorus, and then we knew it he was had going the to be about already, starting yeah. again, and then yeah. we, as he said, we we took different takes on it. Yeah, so he had he again had his own uh, lyrics written for verses in this song, but he stripped out the the vocals and he left us with just the chorus. So we used the theme of the chorus, which was starting again, and then we both wrote our own lyrics to that and. It was, it was one of those occasions where we wrote different lyrics, but instead of kind of going off in a weird direction, they complemented each other quite well, I think. Yeah, and it just shows how long this era of doing sort of nothing up to that point was, because at this point I had broken up with Liz, who the girl I was going out with, which and that relationship lasted about four years. Yeah. At that time. So there was a five years. Yeah, and... And that, like, that's just covered in one episode. That that same period of time, as in, in terms of the lineup, is covered in one episode. Yeah, yeah, you had an entire relationship uh, during that period as well. So basically, it, four yeah, year exactly. period that just covered in one episode. But it goes to show, yeah, how, how little we did during that period because, yeah, um, yeah, we're we're at the end of it already. Yeah, it's like a montage but, um, in a in a movie that just speeds up time. But I I just want to say about my verse, which was about starting again was I about having broken up with Liz and remained friends and me writing about the possibility of starting again or not, but always staying friends until the end. And yes, and th- that worked out well for you. <laughs> well, what we did, obviously the most intelligent thing to do was to stay friends for seven or eight years and then <laughs> get back together. Yes. <laughs> but all of those days, tradition back to their prof- profit yeah they're pathetic yeah (laughs) so it's me wondering about will we get back together but i'm sort of hinting in the song that we will get back together and that we'll stay friends to the end and one day we can start again until then let's be free and see what happens eventually you and me i don't think will be okay 
Sorry? Sorry. But I was going to say, I don't think there's any hinting at all. I think you bla- basically say it in plain English, what's going to happen. <laughs> but the funny thing is, at the time, I, when I was writing it, I didn't know if we were going to get back together. I had a strong hunch that we would at some point. Yeah. I was hoping we would, but I, I, I wasn't sure if we would. Well, you were right anyway. I was right. So it was a good hunch. And um, Yeah. Yeah, and then naturally my verse was about breaking up with Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Because that was, that was the only relationship I'd had to that point where I broke up. So uh, that's what I wrote about. Yeah, so you, you might take my verse as um, about as close to being a diss track that we had ever done. Uh, and I went into detail about our relationship with Dennis and how he chipped away at my confidence and made me feel... Uh, secondary and I was basically saying since you've been gone we're better than ever it wasn't necessarily true but I felt the need to vent at that time and I aired all of my grievances with Dennis in one nice snappy verse that I I was quite happy with at the time really intricate yeah I think it still holds up today in terms of flow it's one of the best it's an excellent flow like dissing him in an excellent flow like that's a that's must be satisfaction in that and I don't think I said anything nasty or anything. That's all factual. It's and then it's some of it's my own opinion as well. But like, it wasn't nasty. It was just cathartic. It was getting stuff off my chest uh, that needed to be said. And why not record it? But uh, yeah, so that's pretty much that's the majority of what we did with the dude. Um, there were no real gigs during this era. And after this point, again, we would experience a long period of time where we really didn't do much. Uh, and eventually that brought us into the present day uh, now there was a lot of things that happened between then and the present day that we will cover in the next episode but for today's episode i'm gonna let the episode finish up with the song start again we're gonna play from start to finish and uh, we'll see you next time <laughs> my friend can we start again? Can we open up our hearts again? I don't know to tell the truth, time will tell. I thought that we were meant to be. I fought the end defensively, to no avail, no fairy tale. When you set sail relentlessly, I scale the walls we were meant to see. The rise not to fall, destiny. Called on the phone, I was all alone, and so were you. I know that we are close. So let's make the most of what the future holds I told you so, said the so-and-so But let's go with the flow And life will show us how to grow We'll stay friends to the end And one day we can start again Until then, let's be free And see what happens eventually You and me will be okay The love we have will not fade The sun is shining, let's chill in the shade And talk about the day we've made This is not fails 
again You can go back to the start again And it was always hard Were we ever friends? We both played our parts until the bitter end Bit by bit, you broke me down Chipping at my confidence, I found That passion was so hard to come by then Because you took it away, I felt I had to pretend To listen to the shit, you constantly croaked Endless, meaningless, I spoke Up once or twice, but it fell on deaf ears While you hammered a spoke through our rap careers And when I think of all the time we wasted And all the fucking shit I tasted Listen to your pseudo-expertise I know how to make a hit album, please Well that led up to that fateful day When I lost my temper with you and gave My honest opinion for the first time ever Couldn't take anymore At the end of my tether Well you showed us the door And told us ciao And that was the last we saw of Song Zhao But the line up now Have never been better Since you walked off into the sunset forever Let's go.